0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. And good morning, church. It's great to see you this morning, or see, you, see a, a little black circle in front of me. Anyway, I'm assuming you're all there. And uh, yes, as Melanie said, the groups are happening. It was great in our men's group that meets on a Wednesday morning at Dixon Shops to actually be in contact with, not in contact, but be within one and a half metres of other real life human beings. It's really interesting, you know, the Zoom meetings were great, but the... A presence of a real person in the same place. You know, we're not just body. We're not just mind and soul. We are also body. Body is important, and location, close, in, close proximity is important. So, seeing people face to face and and just that sense of their presence there is is a special thing. And that's I'm looking forward to getting back to church with you guys and having your presence with us, and um, all the the body language, the Eye contact, the tone of voice—it's so much better when we're in person. So let's look forward to that. All right. Well, this morning I was uh, in the kitchen doing some things, and then uh, Melanie came in and started cooking her breakfast. And I was, as I ate mine, I turned on my iPad. I was watching something, and uh, she turned to me and said, "Do you think that's loud enough?" And uh, you know, my automatic response was to get ready to fire back something. And uh, fortunately, I was able to hold myself together. I looked at her and she had a smile on her face. She was uh, joking. But uh, today we're talking about defensiveness. It's having that stance of being ready to attack at the slightest provocation or the slightest sort of irritation. And let's have a look at what the Bible says about some of these things. Matthew 27 verse 14 says, but Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. That's interesting, isn't it? James 1.19, know this, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. 1 Corinthians 13.5, love is the, the big love chapter. and One of the list of things about love is that it's not easily provoked. It keeps no records of being wronged. You know, God's thoughts and his ways are so different to our ways, aren't they? So different. And he's drawing us up all the time, trying to draw us up into that likeness of Christ. Defensiveness is all about how long it takes us to bite, to bite back. Defensiveness is when we're feeling under some sort of attack, some sort of offense is coming at us, and so we go into defense. How do we do that? Uh, we're trying to defend ourselves. It's natural to want to defend ourselves when we're being attacked. Humans do it. Young children do it. They hear the bathwater starting to go into the bathtub and they run and hide because they are defending themselves against a possible threat. In the boardroom, someone gets a critical comment about their report or someone disagrees with their opinion, their idea, and so an adult goes into defensive mode. Maybe it's not to run out of the room and hide, which would be very entertaining for everybody, probably better uh, and more exciting. But they might shut down or they might shun or they might uh, think inside of our head, we might think, I'm going to get that guy for daring to criticize me like that. John Gottman, who, who's a, you can go to gotman.com, G O T T M A N, who's been in the business of relationship uh, counseling for over 50 years with his wife. Uh, he calls defensiveness one of the four big horsemen of the apocalypse, the uh, relationship apocalypse. He says that defensiveness is one one of the key indicators of a relationship that is in big trouble. When people are going to defensiveness quickly and biting quickly, that's an indicator of a massive problem in a relationship. And in our relationship series, we want you to have a successful relationship. We want everyone in our church to have a relationship that is working. And to do this, we need to know what tools to use and when to use them and what tools to not use and when not to use them. And John Gottman says, do not use defensiveness as one of your weapons. He says it's understandable that we want to defend ourselves if we're feeling attacked or just even stressed. However, defensiveness does not solve a problem. In fact, it just escalates conflict. It is a relationship wrecker. So let's just pray quickly. Heavenly Father, help us be open to your word. And help us be drawn to Jesus again, to be like him and to take our cue from him, take our model of behavior from Jesus. Help us today as we learn about this issue in our lives, in our relationships, whether it's with the people closest to us or whether it's with total strangers. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, when I was... Uh, saved. I was a young man who'd learnt a lot of defensive skills. My main uh, strategy was to mock people. So if I felt that I was under attack or threat or any se- sense of someone criticising me, my default position was to mock them or to deflect by uh, trying to make fun of them in some way. So, uh, Paul, when are you going to remember to bring your homework? And uh, I, I might say, uh, Well, when are you going to get a good haircut? Or they might say, uh, When are you going to, to remember to be on time? Uh, why didn't you, you, you come on time today? And I might say, Well, uh, well, at least I, when I did come, I brought a fashion sense. You know, these are the things that are not helpful. It might make me feel good. It might make a few people laugh, but it's not helping the relationship with the person, uh, often the teacher. And coming into church life as a believer, I carried this baggage with me, and it's something that, that, it, that God had to deal with. The first time that God really slammed me with it was when the Christian City Church, or what's now C3, uh, pastor in the first C3 church in Canberra came to me. Uh, one of the pastors came to me, took me aside and said, Paul, You're leading our music ministry. We're trying to build a culture of positive positive culture. This thing you have of biting back so quickly, it's not contributing to a great culture. You need to change. We can't have a leader do this. Now, my first response was to think about all this guy's flaws and maybe hit him with a few suggestions of my own. But uh, I knew that the Holy Spirit, was saying to me, Paul, it's time to change. You need to change. And as Melanie has said many times, every uh, year God will bring some issue to our to light if we're listening to him. And he'll say, we need to change this now. And it, we need to deal with an issue that God brings to our attention so that next year we have can at least have a new issue to deal with. And my issue at that time was mocking as a defensive mechanism verse we read at the start there, one of the verses says that Jesus did not even answer his accusers. Uh, Whereas defensiveness is opposite, not only do we answer our accusers but we attack them back. We're often guilty and yet we justify ourselves. We often, the criticism is valid but we want to justify ourselves. Jesus, the criticism of Jesus was not valid. He was innocent and yet he did not jump to justify himself. Can you see how different God thinks to us? He said, Father, forgive them when he's on the cross. They don't know what they're doing. Don't count this sin against them. Now, we are not all trained accountants, but we're very good at counting the sins and the offenses that people Give us. We have a ledger. All right, that person, he's got all those ones there. She, wow, she did that to me. And then she said that, and I've got all this. You know, Jesus d- doesn't have that. He, he says, I, am, I do not want to count your sins against you. That is what God is like. And as we come to Him, He says, I don't want to count all your sins against you. I want to wipe them all. I want to wipe the ledger completely free as far as I'm concerned. You come to me and you have never sinned against me. Imagine that. Can you say today, I imagine that no one has ever sinned against me. I've let it go. My ledgers are completely blank. What an incredible place that God is. God is the least defensive person that we could ever meet. Jesus says, I don't want to record your sin. We tend to hold on to an offence forever. And we, you know, we've got family feuds that go back generations because an offence was held on to when it could have been let go. Defensive people are oversensitive. They suspect that someone wants to harm them. And, you know, in a relationship, sometimes that's true. If someone is a harmful person and you don't have to be in that relationship with them, but we're talking about normal, ordinary people in a relationship with someone you care about and feeling like they are attacking. Okay, a defensive stance is that stance you take where your hand is on your holster and you are ready to attack. You know, uh, that's all about being at DEFCON 2. Defense condition two. Uh, we need to be. We need to tone ourselves right down, and this the title of this message is actually dial down the defensiveness. You know, DEFCON five is where there is no perceived threat anywhere. We're not worried about anything. DEFCON four is where we suspect there might be a threat, and we start to investigate it. But we dial up to DEFCON two, and now the whole armed forces is ready, ready to be be deployed at a moment. So, uh, notice, ready to engage the enemy. Our, we've got two Jack Russells, they're constantly at DEFCON 2. doesn't matter whether they are walking around the house or whether they are sleeping. Uh, if, a, if another dog dares to go anywhere near the window or if a bird jumps down in front somewhere, even though they're asleep, they seem to pick it up and then within a moment they're up and they're barking and they're at, ready to attack the enemy. They're at DEFCON 2. And we can be like that as well. We can be like cowboys in a saloon, who are playing cards, but one hand is on the on the uh, gun, drinking a beer, but one hand's on the holster. And as soon as that bar door gets uh, saloon door gets barged open, they they push themselves away from the table and they're ready. The guns are out. They're ready to shoot. We can be like that with each other. That's DEFCON two. We don't want to do that. We want to dial ourselves back down. Right back down, maybe Def, DEFCON 4, if we feel that there's a threat, we can check it out. You can say to someone, are you angry with me right now? That's good. But if we're at Con 2, we're ready to shoot, that's going to cause a problem. We don't want to be there. Sometimes we can set ourselves, if she just mentions, if she mentions the garbage bin again, just one word and I'm going to unload. Or if if he dares to say anything about the bath, I don't know what I'm talking about the bath for, if that person is in the bathroom for one second over ten minutes, I am going to lose it. You know, we can get ready. We're ready to shoot. And that is not a, a good stance to be in for a relationship. Here are... Some strategies or weapons that people use when they're defensive. And these are all powerful weapons. Ask yourself, do I do any of these things? I know that I have been guilty of these things, some of these things, and I still need to work at it. This is not, uh, Melanie would tell you, this is not something that I've got under control. Unlike her, because she is so close to the Lord. Um, Here's number one. Denying any sense of responsibility. You know, Cain has killed his brother. He's just murdered him. And when asked about his brother, he says, well, you know, uh, am I my brother's keeper? It's like, is it my responsibility? Denying any responsibility. It's not my fault. No, I didn't do that. Just flat out denial. Number two, deflection, like I did with my mocking. Sometimes people can use smoke and mirrors. Someone comes to them and they're upset about something and ask a question or, or mention something they're not happy with and, and uh, you know, you can try and deflect with a mock or you can say, why uh, oh, you should see your face right now, you know, the way you look angry, it's really funny. You know, that's a deflection. Or throwing it back. As if there's something unrelated has caused this problem. Well, last week you didn't put the bin out, so you should not be worried about me not cooking dinner tonight. Number three, justification, trying to justify ourselves. This does not, none of these help. These are all powerful weapons, but none of them help. I was too busy. I was too busy to do. I I know. I said I was going to do it, but I was too busy. You know, Adam said, "What." Well, Eve gave it to me. So I'm justified in eating it because she gave it to me, so I had to eat it. Number four, flipping it to make the other person the bad person. Oh, you know, why why do you do this? Why are you accusing me? Why do you always make it sound like I'm a bad person? I don't know, I'm so stressed every time you do this to me and trying to flip it back and make the other person feel bad for even mentioning any sort of criticism. It's so unfair. Number five, minimizing it like it's not a big deal. Are you serious? You don't really care about this deal. What's the big deal? Actually, I should mention with flipping it that um, Adam blamed God. He said, well, actually, the woman that you gave me, I mean, it's you gave me the woman so really it's your fault sorry that was back at number four number five again minimizing what's the big deal are you serious do we really have to get in a fluff about this number six withdrawing withdrawing any kindness becoming passive aggressive shun like the person in the boardroom who's received criticism or disagreement some people you can't even disagree with them and they get upset at you uh, maybe they don't like your idea. Maybe they've got a, something to add to your idea. And then they you can just sort of shun them, right? That's it. I am not going to be nice to that person for the rest of their life because they disagreed with me. These are powerful weapons, each of these six things. But they are destructive weapons. They're weapons of mass destruction. When you use these weapons in a relationship, you're basically saying, all right. I'm going to wreck this relationship now we don't realize that at the time because we feel justified in using these weapons but if we before we start to use them we think well hang on this is going to negatively impact this relationship it could harm this relationship it could make this really a lot worse maybe we won't use it how close are you to these weapons weapons that I've just mentioned, how accessible are they? Are they right here, ready to go? Or are they locked in a cupboard over there? You know, uh, this guy, David Hemenway, from the Harvard Injury Control Research Center 2011, did a report all about uh, gun, the presence of guns in homes. And he was saying that, uh, basically, if you have a gun in your house, you're, it, there's more likely to be someone killed in your house. Uh, There could be a suicide, there could be an accident, or there could be a murder. Uh, Because the gun is right there, it's accessible. He said, even if you lock it away in a cupboard, it's still more accessible. And the only safe thing to do with a powerful weapon of a handgun is to not have one in your house. If you want to avoid the the higher likelihood of it being used. He said, uh, the presence of a gun makes quarrels, disputes, robberies more deadly. If a gun is not available, a dispute is not as deadly. So remove guns out of your homes because it's, they'll never be used. And uh, all these weapons of defensiveness are also dangerous. And if we have them available, we're more likely to use them. We need to say, you know what, I'm going to, to remove them from my armory. Uh, and sometimes we need to take some options off the table. Uh, in life, we need to make some decisions to say, you know what, I'm not going to even think about that as an option. When Melanie and I got married, we both said we made a commitment to each other that divorce was never going to be an option. It's not one of the things on the table. It's not one of the things locked away in a cupboard somewhere in our relationship. It's, it doesn't exist. It's not on the horizon, not on the radar. It's out. It's out in space somewhere untouchable. We will not consider divorce. It doesn't, it's not something we hint at. You know, I've, I've heard people talk about their relationship like, oh, yeah, well, if you do that again, I'm going to start thinking about it. maybe we should separate. I think Don't even think about that. Don't even make it an option. And we need to have the same attitude towards these dangerous weapons of defensiveness. Remove it from your reach. Don't think about it as an option. You know, it's not uh, easy to remove defensiveness, but you know what? Jesus did. And uh, his DNA, when we become a believer, God's DNA, the Father's DNA, becomes somehow mystically our DNA. We become a new creation. We, we become uh, uh, God's child. And we can draw upon him and upon his well to fill our hearts and to change who we are. He doesn't rip into us the second we ignore him or we refuse him or disobey him. We don't get hit by a lightning bolt every time we do something wrong. He does not get all defensive on us, even if we deny him. Jesus went to Peter who had denied him and Jesus was not defensive about it. He was loving to to Peter. So what do we do? Well, we don't use cowboy movies and war movies as a model of behavior. We choose some more positive models. For example, you can choose a business partnership kind of model. Every person that I meet is an is important business, is an important business partner. From my wife being that my most significant, important business partner in this thing called My Life, which I'm trying to build... To, the, to a stranger, they're an important business partner as well. So every relationship we have is a partnership and we, we don't deny it. We don't, when someone comes to me, especially Melanie, but other people come to me with some sort of concern, I don't deny it, I don't deflect it, I, I don't minimize it, uh, I don't flip it and make it their fault. No, I listen to them and I make it something that changes me into a better person and improves this business called life. So let's do that. In fact, we can do the opposite. Instead of denying, we can admit when we have done something wrong. You're right. I didn't do that and I said I was going to do it. We don't deflect it. We allow the focus to remain on us even though it's uncomfortable and awkward for a while. I need to hear what you have to say. We don't try and justify ourselves by saying I was too busy. I couldn't do it. We can say, well, I, I was busy, but I could have planned my day better. We don't try and blame the other person and flip it to them. We say, you're right, it's my responsibility. It was my fault. We don't minimize it and make the other person feel like they are an idiot. We say, yes, if it's important enough for you to mention, it's important for me to listen to it. We don't withdraw. We stay engaged. And, of course, we can, uh, might need to apologize and ask for forgiveness and change the way we behave. So I want to pray for you today, uh, if you are someone who knows that you have this issue with defensive, defensiveness like I, uh, still make sure that I'm trying to stay sweet with God on that and follow the Holy Spirit. Listen to these verses again from Jesus, from the Bible. Jesus made no response to any of the accusations and charges. James 1.19, know this, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Take the hand off the gun. In fact, throw the gun away. 1 Corinthians 13.5, love is not easily provoked. And this all relates to our relationship with God. We've been defensive towards God ever since Adam was in the garden. We've, we've wanted to deny that there's a problem. We've wanted to deflect that we have anything, issue going on. We've wanted to justify ourselves. We wanted to blame God. We wanted to minimize it. We've wanted to withdraw from God. Let's not do that. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.